The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. Luke. Glory to you, Lord Christ. In those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first regist registration where, when Quirinius was governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for, him, for them in the inn. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. This is the gospel of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Praise to you, Lord Christ. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Well, Merry Christmas to everyone. Merry Christmas to those who are watching online as well. And uh, I was uh, talking to people last night during our fellowship time and somebody said, that was a fantastic sermon. I said, why? Was it because it was short? And they said, yes. And I said, well, okay, so come Christmas Day because it'll be another good sermon as well. <laughs> now, for years I've wondered whether the Christmas Day sermon is of any consequence. I've wondered if we're better off just reading or telling Luke's account of the nativity of our Lord and doing it really well and allowing the carols and the candles and the spirit of Christ's presence in the bread and the wine to proclaim what Luke chapter 2 verses 10 to 11 says to us, that the good news of great joy for all people to you is born this day in the city of David, a saviour who is the Messiah, the Lord. So quite frankly, that would be enough. So I ask myself, what do I want to hear on Christmas Day? I find myself hungering for a word that will startle me. In the very same way that the angels' announcement startled the shepherds. So what is such a word this morning? In the past, I've heard preachers justifiably bash the economically powerful celebrations of Christmas. These preachers of the past have told me Christmas is too commercial, and they're right, they're right. But that's not the word this morning that I'm hungering for. I'm hungering to hear. 
However, in our Gospel reading, Luke does acknowledge and then uh, turns away from the structures of political power. Luke mentions and makes mention of Augustus and Quirinius, two very powerful men of the ancient world. So he acknowledges political structures and powers and he turns away from them. However, Luke renders these emperors and governments and laws and world orders, he renders them as servants of God. He renders them as servants of God's saving purposes. But there's more. When we read the Christmas story in context, we can see that Luke acknowledges and then turns away from religion as well. He returns away from religion and he turns away from political powers. If we skip down to Luke chapter 3 verse 2, he mentions the high priests of, of Ananias uh, and uh, Caiaphas. So now my interest is peaked. So now I'm feeling surprised because the word of God didn't go to church on Christmas Day. The angel's announcement of the fulfillment of prophecy doesn't go to the temple. It goes to the shepherds living in the fields. The word of God didn't go to the religious elite. It went into the wilderness. So here's the surprise I was looking for. Here's the startling word. If we want to experience the newborn Christ and we, and we take Luke's account very seriously this morning, the last place to be on Christmas Day is in church. Because Jesus is born where people need him the most. I know many of us will leave here and we will tuck into a stunning Christmas lunch, won't we? Or we will sit by the glow of a well-lit Christmas tree and we will open gifts with loved ones. However, I want you to imagine spending Christmas Day physically or spiritually, not at the dining room table, but around and not around a Christmas tree with loved ones opening presents, but in the fields of the isolated, in the fields of the disenfranchised, in the fields of the forgotten, or in our own painful place, in our own spiritual wilderness, because God speaks the good news of Christ's coming right there, right there in the wilderness. God brings great joy to those who need it most there in the wilderness. However, God does even more. Let's look at uh, verses 8 and 9 again of our text. It says, In that region there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. So shepherds living in the fields, living as outsiders. At the time of Jesus, shepherding had become a job that only the lowest in society took. People who couldn't find uh, what was regarded as a decent job became shepherds. Ancient societies stereotyped shepherds as liars, as sinners, and as thieves. The testimony of a shepherd was not admissible in the court of law in ancient times. And many towns had bylaws barring shepherds from coming into the city limits. And to add salt to that wound, the religious establishment took a particularly dim view of shepherds because being a shepherd kept you from observing the Sabbath. 
and that rendered you ritualistically unclean. The Pharisees class shepherds and tax collectors and prostitutes, persons who were sinners by virtue of their vocation. However, God sends angels to shepherds. And it's, it is a much bigger than, and this is much big, this, this is bigger, this is huge, because God reaches out. He's reaching out to the outsider. Think about it. If you spend enough time in the field, shunned by decent and religious folk, disappointed by God, and overwhelmed by grief, you would stop caring that you were an outsider. You would just stop caring. How many people outside these four walls this morning have given up trying to get inside religion? Have tried uh, to be a part of, of church? How many have tried? Uh, how many people have given up on God and tried to be a part of church? And for good or bad, have walked away and just gotten on with their lives. And if you're here this morning or watching on our live stream this Christmas day. That's for you. This Christmas day is for you. There's the good news right there. And that good news is God does not give up on us. God still sends angels to people who have given up on God. Now how would you respond to God sending angels to you when you've given up on God? Like the shepherds, I'd be terrified. But in Jesus, God comes in a way that is far more frightening. Sorry, it's far from frightening. Jesus comes to us in vulnerability, in helplessness, as a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. Jesus is born like any other baby, except Jesus is born on a road trip and is laid in a feeding trough. Initially, there were no magi at the manger scene. Jesus is born among the lowly and the poor. And Luke gives us a hint that Jesus is, he gives us a hint that Jesus uh, is not anything special in that sense. There is no angels over the stable because the angels are over the field with the shepherds. In fact, Mary and Joseph only hear of the angelic activity because the shepherds told them the baby born in Bethlehem is about more than reaching out to the outsider. Jesus is born to those who have been outside so long, so long, that they have given up on God. Embracing this from our gospel text this Christmas morning is good news for me. It's the word I want to hear because I know and, and, and love people who have been outside so long that they have given up on God. And you probably know people who are so down and blue this Christmas that they can't come to worship or they won't come to worship. So my prayer this Christmas morning, while I'm in church, worship and singing of the joy of, 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 of the coming of coming, the joy that's come into the world, my prayer is that God will send out angels into the fields with good news and great joy and that Jesus is being born among the people of Akron who have given up on him. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we 
when, when we consider the many pointers that the religious leaders were given, it seems astonishing that they missed the truth of Christ's coming. Keep us from missing the truths that we are that contain within your word through our own pride or our own biased opinions. Keep us low at the cross, broken before you, and teachable in our heart and in our soul. Thank you for the clarity of the gospel of grace and for the many biblical proofs and prophecies that point us to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Thank you for sending Jesus to be the Messiah and Saviour of the world. And that by faith in his person and work, we have been forgiven of our sins and received eternal life, not only in this age, but also in the age to come. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. All God's people said, Amen.